Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yo, you fuck you. You sick fuck cocksucker, little itty bitty baby dick dog fucker. We played the back of the damn jam like gringos. Still you wanna press, try to dance with the dingoes. These the wrong gringos. You step in sinkholes, slip it to the bottom like I'm fucked. Well bingo. You see me, hear me clearly thinking like I'm mellow. Give me the fuck, I might get prepared to be a yellow. Your spot's yellow. Are you fly? Nah, hell no. Looking like the kind of uses the semen as gel, bro. What type of shit is that? I raise a fucking split and take a hit, it's fat. I take a fucking shit up in your fitted hat. Got anything to say? Well, you can lick this sack. You fuck hard body karate, you bums copy it sloppy. You crumbs body by saucy, so if you spot me, nod finally can't harm me. Facade army important, he's bomb calmly with common ever so properly. You better soft, better stop talking shit. You better off, never popped off your bitch. Now take the cock out your esophagus and give props to your pops, two gods who started this. You fucking schoolies can't do me, you and your goonies will lose teacher style is booty and fruity compared to Michael and Moody. You marks ain't doing it truly, don't got the nuts to pursue me. His name might rhyme with it, but y'all the motherfuckers is duty. What's up, this is Michael Rapper. We got a brand new sick fucks, hard hitting, smash mouth, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Coming up next, me and G Moody, live from New York City, are gonna do the damn thing. We're talking NBA. We're talking, is Russell Westbrook nuts? We're talking about that piece of shit, Ted Nugent, 
who is definitely fucking nuts, and so much more. Plus, we have Super Bowl champion of the Philadelphia Eagles, Torrey Smith. He was just traded, just traded to the Carolina Panthers. We're not talking about that. He hasn't, he hasn't taken a snap as a Carolina Panther. He hasn't caught a ball from Cam Newton. Talking about his career, we're talking about the outspokenness, and we're talking about what it's like to beat the New England Patriots on the biggest stage, on the biggest game in the entire planet, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl champion, Torrey Smith, on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan. This is going to be a big, banging I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Plus, we got so many sick fucks. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky. Let me get something real nice. All right, G. Moody is downstairs. He's parked in the car. Um, the mics are hot. So I'm going to just start rocking and rolling in here. First of all, Gino Oriema, you fuck you. You fuck you. You lost again. They cut your throat out again. You ain't so bad, Gino. The female Connecticut Huskies, the women's basketball team that Gino Oriema, that motherfucking coach of Connecticut, blowing teams out. Ha, ha, ha. You got your asses beaten once again at the buzzer. And it was a thing of beauty. Matter of fact, okay, since I wrote the book, this book has balls, the soon-to-be New York Times bestseller. You know, I wrote a chapter in the book solely focusing on Gino Oriema, okay? So at the end of this I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, towards the end, uh, Miles, would you uh, please play the audio book? That's available. You know, you could buy my book. This book has both sports rants from the MVP of Talk Chess. You could buy the, the hardcover or you could buy the entire audio book. It's like eight hours of shit talking. Okay? This chapter, Gino, 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 is inspired by the movie Goodfellas. We have special guest. Okay? Ron Perlman is in that chapter. Okay? He reads one of the voices. I read one of the voices. Paul Ben Victor reads one of the voices. Okay, we're going to play you a special excerpt from this book has both sports rants from the MVP of Talk and Trash. You could buy the book uh, 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 at Amazon. This book has balls.com. You could buy the book at a bookstore. Uh, just look it up. This book has balls. Okay, but Gino, you fuck you. You lost. I want to give a shout out to the Villanova Wildcats for beating the shit out of Michigan. Congratulations, this is their second NCAA championship in I think three years. And it reminds me, because a few years ago, Villanova uh, ripped the hearts out of North Carolina. And it was crazy uh, because Fife Dog, the late great Fife Dog from A Tribe Called Quest, was the biggest North Carolina Tar Heel fan in the world. Uh, He was all North Carolina, everything. He had a room dedicated to North Carolina in his crib. He called it the Tar Heel Room. He had it at, uh, you know, that the light blue. He loved North Carolina. And I remember, it's crazy, because I remember um, the night that he passed, I believe he passed on a Sunday. And the the, the finals were on a Monday, of course, because all the NCAA games were on, on Mondays. Um, and uh, North Carolina lost at the buzzer to Villanova. Um, and I remember thinking, if God 
hadn't met Fife Dog yet. Um, I'm sure you heard him screaming uh, when North Carolina lost at the buzzer to Villanova. Um, I've always been a Villanova fan. Um, of course, when they beat uh, Georgetown, that was beautiful. Back in the days with Raleigh Massimino and the McLean brothers, who I think were on that uh, that Booger Sugar. I think it came out later on that they were on that Booger Sugar in the Big East. Um, but they beat the shit out of Michigan. This ain't the Fab Five Michigan, the Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, uh, uh, Fab Five. So I don't really rock with these dudes. They got their ass beat. I like that Wagner kid on the team. Uh, but I had no real stake in it. You know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't emotionally invested. Uh, but I go with the the old school Big East team. So congratulations to Villanova. And Gino, 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 you fuck you. Okay? You fuck you. You got your heart ripped out again. Again, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Coming up very soon, me and G Moody are going to tear the house down. Okay? We're going to do what we do. Um, I wanted to address, uh, while I'm waiting for Moody... So, it's been all over the internet. As you know, I'm a, a tremendous Real Housewives fan. I love it all. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of New Jersey. So, the other day, um, I was uh, asked to come on Watch What Happens Live with my man Andy Cohen. And if you don't watch The Real Housewives, there's this chick, this woman... Uh, named Kenya Moore. She's the bad guy on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. She 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 talks a lot of shit. She she antagonizes the shit out of people. And I've actually uh, talked about her on the shows. And to give a quick context, I um I one time said something about her that I didn't mean to say. One time when I was on live TV with Real Housewives of Atlanta, I basically said something to the effect of, well, the, the entire cast of The Real Housewives of Atlanta um, could never be considered beautiful um, because of Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore is ugly. That's what I was talking about. What I meant to say was Kenya Moore, Kenya Moore's behavior was ugly. Anyway, so that night, this is about two or three years ago, uh, we had a little exchange on Twitter. Um, she said some bullshit. I said some bullshit. But I felt bad. So going into um, my appearance on Watch What Happens Live the other night with Andy Cohen, I, I knew that this had happened. But, you know, I'm a guest on the show. She's a woman. Um, I'm never going to be disrespectful to a woman. And I felt bad that I had said that because it's not what I meant to say. It's live TV. Sometimes things just happen. You're talking, I'm talking shit. And, and I said this, so I wanted to diffuse it. I wanted to, you know, I had never met her. I am a fan of the show. I'm not part of the motherfucking show. I'm just a fan. And so when I got to uh, uh, watch what happens live, I went backstage, I was in my dressing room, and I went over to Kenya Moore into her dressing room. She was in there with, you know, her glam squad. They were putting on her hair and her makeup, and they, they, they were really dolling her up, dolling her up like she was going to the fucking Oscars with the makeup, and, the, you know, they had the, the, the blower, the makeup was, you know, it was being, like, it wasn't just being put on, it was like being blown on, like they got the machine, they're like, they're, they're taking up big spaces at a time to cover her up. Anyway... I went in there, I said, how you doing, Kenya? I'm Michael, wanted to meet you. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the show and I wanted to apologize because of what I said. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean uh, what I said. I felt bad about it and I wanted to acknowledge that I felt bad and blah, 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 blah. She wouldn't make eye contact with me. And I, and, you know, and then she said, okay, well, thank you. And I said, all right, cool. I just wanted to let you know that I didn't mean it. I'm excited to do the show with you uh, and, you know, it's all good. Um, but I had a feeling, I was like, yo, this fucking broad, she's going to come out here talking shit. She's going to come out here talking shit. And, and again, 
It's a female. I like to talk shit, but I'm not a fucking real housewife. I'm a fan. I'm just a fan. And there's no winning with me being the gringo mandingo, the shit-talking uh, extraordinaire that I am, uh, 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 the MVP of talking trash. You know, it's, it's a lose-lose situation for me to go out on, on Watch What Happens Live and insult her. So we started doing the show. And, uh, you know, she, she wouldn't make eye contact with me. We're doing the show. I'm trying to be pleasant. I'm trying to be friendly. I'm trying to be nice. And she started, you know, popping shit. I was kind of attacking, but she started popping shit. And, and at the midway point of the show, this is the exchange. Miles Jordan, play this little exchange. You, do you know that you are on the show? Like, a villain, right? You know, you have to know this, correct? You've gotten better. Well, but you are a villain. Michael, I don't need you to tell me what I am or am not. On the show. I appreciate you being a fan, though. I Thank am you a fan. for watching. Keep the cable on. But. <laughs> A new job would help with that. Oh, can you please? Can you? You, 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 you wish you were me, can you? Um. Oh. A middle-aged fat white guy. Oh. No. Oh. Not really. Can you? No, and out of work. How do I? Re- no. And you work. Look me up. No, You're she, talking about fat. She said out of work. Can you? Can you? A lot of a lot of women housewives. They talk about they talk about glam squads. You Michael. had like a whole football team back there. Yeah. My had the blow torches, the buzz sores, and everything just to get you. Out here. Right. You do know that housewives are women, right? Yes, yes. I do. I We're know. not giving out any peaches. Okay. All right. <laughs> so she calls me a middle-aged fat white guy. Now, we all know, and she said that I don't work and I can't pay my cable. And I'm like, uh, a bitch, please. Uh, you, you know, look me up, look up my stats. But I, I didn't say anything. You know, my wife was pissed. Um, I saw Twitter immediately respond because they were like, if you had said a middle-aged fat black woman, like literally I would have been like, I would have been in trouble. But I didn't say anything because I knew it was like kind of a lose-lose situation. So I just took it, you know, and that's part of talking shit. You know, I'm, I'm the first to say it. when you're snapping and that's essentially what we're doing when you're snapping, whether or not what she's saying is real or genuine or not, when we're snapping, that's part of, you know, you got to take it. She's a woman trying to be like a good guest on the show. And then she said a couple of other little jabs, and I was like, this fucking broad, man. She's, she, she, she doesn't know who the fuck she's, she's sitting next to. Because I don't, I, don't, I don't play that shit. So we finished the show, and the whole time while we're doing Watch What Happens Live, I'm looking down at her big-ass feet, okay? I just happened to notice she got some big-ass feet. And then God is my witness, I happened to notice very early that she got some big-ass, ashy fucking feet. I'm talking about like the glam squad hit her up top to bottom, but they didn't hit the bottom of her feet. Her feet were the color of motherfucking oatmeal. Okay? Straight up. Like her joints were like sand color. Ashy as a motherfucker. I didn't say anything the whole show because I was like, you know, I knew like it would be very provocative. So, you know, towards the end of the show, I was like, I was going to say, because she was talking out the side of her fucking mouth. And I figured I could, you know, just I could just hit her with the one-two punch and shut the shit down. The show ends, and then right after Watch What Happens Live, because I'm sure a lot of you people don't listen to Watch What Happens Live, but I'm sure there are fans of Watch What Happens Live listening to this podcast because, uh, uh, you know, I'm addressing this situation. So right after uh, the live broadcast on Bravo, they go on to Watch What Happens Later. It's the live broadcast where you can curse. You could say whatever you want. Blah, 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 blah. And it goes online. It goes on, on uh, the Bravo app, and it goes on YouTube. So... I had to hit her. Like, she's talking out the side of her mouth. I had to hit her. So I said to her on the live show, I said this. Miles, play the clip. So please don't come for me, honey. Oh, 
What's your question? I didn't say anything. You know what? I didn't want to say it on live TV, but Kenny's feet are ashy as fuck. Them shits are ashy. You know what? I didn't want to say it on live TV. Because I'm a gentleman, but paying down to them shits, she can cut class with them shits. Yes, honey, try it. He tried it. Yes, them shits are ashy. And I talked about her motherfucking ashy ass feet and blah, blah. And she didn't know what to do. And, and, you know, meanwhile, during the show, she's like, don't point at me. And she got her foot all in my... I'm like, whatever. I could take all that shit. We could talk shit, whatever. This this is not a fight. Like, it's a show. I'm there to make a good show. It's, 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 you know, watch what happens live, the TV show, you know. So, like I said, you know, you got to be able to take it as good as you could give it. That's why I am the Jake Lamont of podcasting. Nonetheless... Twitter was all hyped up. Ooh, that was a good one. Watch what happens live. I talked my little shit. She's like, I read you. I was like, oh, cool. I tried to shake her hand, and she still really wouldn't make eye contact. I'm like, fuck it. I'm out of here. So um, I go home. It's late at night. Now it's like probably like 12 o'clock at night. I get home, uh, shower, blah, 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 blah. I got to catch a 6 a.m. flight back to Los Angeles. Got to get up at 4 in the morning. Um, I couldn't fall asleep about two, two and a half hours later. And anybody who follows my page, anybody who follows my Instagram, my, my social media knows if you follow my Instagram probably once a day or once every other day, especially on my Instagram stories, I post pictures of monkeys, gorillas, or orangutans. I love monkeys, gorillas, or orangutans. I love them. I consider myself a monkey, gorilla, or an orangutan. Like that albino gorilla that passed away, like that's my spirit animal. I love gorillas, okay? So about two and a half hours later, I saw this artist, he won some contest. He, he made a sculpture of Andre the Giant, I guess for the Andre the Giant uh, uh, documentary that's come out. And I was like, oh shit. So I go to his page and I see this dope sculpture of Andre the Giant. I'm scrolling through his page. So I'm like, yo, this is dope. He did a dope sculpture of a... Um, a gorilla, like some angry gorilla. So I post a picture of the gorilla and then I post a picture of Andre the Giant. I don't say anything. I didn't realize that the last post that I had made on my Instagram stories was of me on Watch What Happens Live with Kenya Moore. So the next morning, I wake up and all these motherfuckers like, why are you posting a picture of Kenya Moore and then posting a picture of a gorilla? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I knew exactly where this shit was going. I'm not going to explain this shit to everybody on Instagram because I'm like, yo, I always post pictures of gorillas. I actually wanted to post the Andre the Giant sculpture first, but I just happened to post the gorilla picture first. And people are like, you're calling Kenya Moore a gorilla. That's basically what social media is saying the next morning. You're, you're calling Kenya Moore a gorilla. Like that was what I was insinuating. I'm like, these motherfuckers are out of their fucking minds. So I don't really respond. I don't really respond. Next thing you know, I see like these bullshit blogs. You know, I, I, I see stuff on Twitter. My wife's like, yo, I'm like, I see it. I know. And, and she's like, I know you didn't mean it. I go, I know I didn't fucking mean it. I, you know, I post gorillas all the time. I follow Docantile, D-O-C-A-N-T-L-E, Baba Booey. I always post monkeys and gorillas. I've considered myself a monkey and gorilla. I, it was no, like, just because it's Instagram story doesn't mean I'm telling a fucking story. It's just random posts. I post all this shit up there. Anyway, this whole thing is escalating into, you're calling Kenya Moore a gorilla. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So it comes down to, 
few hours later into the day, the root, that bullshit rag, that bum-ass, fake-ass media outlet that veils itself as some sort of black, uh, pro-black, you know, media outlet, and it's all things black, and it's all things black culture, and I'm sure they post a lot of things, but this is the third or fourth time these motherfuckers have come at me and started popping shit. Literally, I don't know if it's the fourth time or the third time. These motherfuckers are on a motherfucking America's next top racist witch hunt trying to come at me, and they talk crazy in there. They talk crazy. They're insulting me, insulting my career, insulting my life, talking about my black wife, all kind of bullshit. And I'm like, fuck, I, I've, I've willy hutched them before. Okay? I've willy-hutched these motherfuckers before. It's a bum-ass website. They've blocked me on Twitter, okay? So all this shit just happens just because of some, some Instagram shit. I'm posting something, and people are like, you're trying to say Kenya Moore? I'm like, I'm just trying to say shit, motherfucker. Nobody's trying. And they're like, we, we caught you. You said this. You said that. I'm like, all right. So this motherfucker, some bullshit, bum-ass writer, for the root, writes an entire blog on the grapevine, dot the root, a writer named Michael Harriet, H-A-R-R-I-O-T. This motherfucker writes an entire blog. And blogs are literally like assholes. Anyone can write one, okay? He writes an entire blog, and it's titled, Michael Rappaport is the worst kind of white man. This is what he writes. Now, a lot of people on Twitter are like, Kenya Moore, talk shit to you. You talk sh shit to Kenya Moore. You, you know, why'd you say she's ashy? What kind of white man? You know, you got no right saying that to a black woman. And I'm like this, check this out. Check this out, Duke. Where I come from, it's called snapping. Okay? Where I come from, it's called snapping. There's no fucking rules. Kenya Moore wasn't offended that I said she was ashy. She was mad that I said her big motherfucking Fred Flintstone Barney Rubble feet we're the same color of dusty, dry, stale oatmeal. But she didn't take it personal. She wasn't like, this is a racial assault. But Twitter, Instagram, these motherfuckers said that. And the fact that I post a picture of a gorilla two hours later, all of a sudden this becomes a race issue. Anyway, you know where this is heading. Miles, Jordan, let me get that Willie Hutch. motherfucker Michael Harriet the root the grapevine you about to get that good 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 old Willie Hutch treatment you motherfuckers have been listening too much Frank Ocean alright you hear that Willie Hutch stop listening to that Frank Ocean get your mind right get your soul right you corny motherfuckers all of you all you motherfuckers at the root. Always trying to bring the motherfucking man down. Me being the man you wrote an entire motherfucking article saying Michael Rappaport is the worst kind of white person. Are you a white person specialist? Motherfucker, you study white people? Is that your motherfucking skill set? Are you a professor of white folk in general? Trying to talk shit to me? The Gringo Mandingo, White Mike, A.K.A. Bird. 
that place, the root, doesn't like it. They keep trying to come at me. They keep trying to pop shit to me, White Mike. And I'm trying to tell you people at the root, all of you, the whole staff, the ladies that have talked shit, the guys that have talked shit there, uh, uh, I suck this dick. Okay, they don't like that. I keep saying, I suck this dick. They don't like that. I don't backpedal to their bullshit. Jake LaMotta never backpedaled. You think I'm backpedaling? You think the Jake LaMotta of podcasting is backpedaling to some bum-ass writers that aren't even writers from some bum-ass website at the root? It ain't happening. I go 15 hard rounds. I'm not complying with you corny motherfuckers. You could write every single blog you want. Try to defame the name and the game. You hear that, Willie Hutch? I don't backpedal. I come at your chest, rough, rugged, and raw. I run the yard up in here, Duke. I run the motherfucking yard. Shout out to my man, Darts Golden. You bum-ass, non-writing writers, you can't touch this, to quote the great MC Hammer. Yes, you can't touch this, to quote the great MC Hammer. Once again, you hear the motherfucking Willie Hutch. Michael Harriet, The Root, all your writers, fuck you. Fuck you as a staff, as a record label, and as a bum-ass media outlet. I'm coming in here rough, rugged, and raw, solo on that ass. And it's still the same, like motherfucking Snoop Dogg. You bum-ass non-writing writers. I know you writers at the root ain't really writers. I know y'all got second and third jobs and that's cool no disrespect to second and or third jobs but don't front like the root is a real company and you're an actual paid writer where's your health insurance from duke is it from the writers guild of america that's the goal if you're a real writer is your health insurance from the writers guild of america it ain't motherfucker because you ain't a professional writer You're a writer like the motherfucker at the red light is a car washer who comes up and starts washing your windows at the red light. That's the kind of writer you are. This is something you just do. You ain't getting paid for, you're getting coins, motherfucker. You know how when you get stopped at a red light and the motherfucker sprays dirty ass water on your car and starts washing your window down with newspaper? That's the kind of motherfucking writer you are, Michael Harriet, and the whole crew at the root you get paid in motherfucking coins and out of resentment motherfuckers don't want to pay you you ain't WGA Duke your insurance ain't WGA Duke you ain't a pro writer Duke this is a hobby this is a dream you bum ass you you bullshit racial scavenger hunting ass motherfucker that is that Willie Hutch you hear that good old love you're always talking bullshit Every single time you write one of your bullshit blogs about me, about my relevancy, you know who I am. You know about my relevancy. You know my motherfucking pedigree. You Joe Blow in and out of the closet, motherfuckers. You watched my films before you came to terms with your own sexuality. That's a fact. You was up in the movie theater holding hands with motherfuckers before you understood your own sexuality and you talk about my relevancy? You grew up on my dick. You still on my dick. You know me, you know my work, you love my style. You have been on my dick, to quote the great 
Nas Escobar. All you motherfuckers at the root, your fans. Send me something to sign, I'll sign it. Sign it for you, your wife, your husband, or whatever the fuck else you got, you freaky motherfuckers. You hear that, Willie Hutch? Start listening to some of that good soul music. Get your motherfucking mind right, you freaks. Yeah, you a freak. You a freak. Get off my dick. All right? Michael Rappaport is the worst kind of white man. Nah, motherfucker. Michael Rappaport ain't compliant to your bullshit. I'm not, oh, I'm so, fuck you. Michael Harriet, fuck the root. And fuck everybody that has to do with that bullshit website. That shit is straight, uh, uh, a fugazi. Miles, Jordan, let me hear something funky. I'm gonna get started with G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Test one two one two up two. Okay, okay, okay. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from the city of New York. My name is Michael Rappaport. Here with the three-time podcast co-host of the year, G Moody, whose last name rhymes with Duty. Yeah. We're here. We're doing it. Uh, it's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Have no fear. The Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. It's our time of year. It is our time of year. The NBA playoffs, they're right in front of us. Yes. It's happening. I know um, you had a lot to say uh, a, a few days ago about the Oklahoma City Thunder yeah. Their star player, Russell Westbrook, um, obviously um, one of the greatest players in the NBA right now. Yeah. A future Hall of Famer. You think so? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, what do you mean? Russell Westbrook's making it into the, the Hall of Fame. Okay. No doubt. Okay. Oh, uh, the shit lowered now. The standards have lowered. Grant Hill mean? went in, and, and I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. As much as I love Grant Hill yep. and as much as his career was injured, I have to say I agree with you on that. Yeah. And I respect the shit out of Grant Me Hill. Too. And and he obviously, had he not suffered from so many injuries. He would have been a lock. But suffered from a lot. Listen, we're gonna get to a point now where guys, questionable guys are gonna get in. There's always gonna be the stars. There's always gonna be you know, the elite of the elite, but there's going to be like every year they need to put a certain amount of people in and there's there's going to be like question marks on dudes. I don't think he uh, is is a Hall of Fame worthy in comparison to to some of the other guys that didn't uh, make the cut. Bernard King, he not he's not Hall of Fame? Yeah, Bernard should be. In, I mean, he had injuries, but when he was rocking and rolling. World be free? A lot of guys, man. A lot World be of free is not in the Hall of Fame, no. right? Motherfuckers, they need to put World World Be Free in the Hall of Fame. If you're going to revise, go back. Leave these fucking new guys. Let them wait if you are on the cusp. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is a a Hall of Famer. (laughs) These guys laughing. (laughs) Russell Westbrook. Listen, that remains to be seen. Yo, he's already, if if he doesn't play another game at the airing of this podcast, what he's accomplished in his career, he's already Hall of Fame. I'll give you that. All right. Okay, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Now, we can talk about whether or not he's ever going to win an NBA championship, and I don't think the way things are going in Oklahoma City and the way the style that he plays, 
he's going to win an NBA championship. Right. I, I saw something the other night that was deplorable. What did you see? Uh, at the end of the game against the San Antonio Spurs, right? It's, it, he basically spazzed out, meaning, yo, he took ill-advised shots. He didn't give a fuck about the teammates. Even Carmelo was on the other side with his hands in the air, perplexed. Like, even I'm not as bad as that. Right, like, I thought I was bad, but this guy's fucking nuts. And he did it four times in a row. He shot two air balls, and he turned it over twice with no remorse, with no regard. What do like, you mean you know, remorse? When you make what do like, you mean remorse? Like, as a player, on any level, if you make, uh, if you take an ill-advised shot when a, uh, a player is open, you feel that guilt. And you want to get it back to the next player. You, my bad, my fault. This guy had no regard. He didn't give a fuck of what he did, what the outcome was. It was air balls. And I said, they're scared of him. Who? What, who? The coaching staff. Because in any level, you do shit like that, you're going to hear the buzzer. Time out. What the fuck <laughs> are you doing? They're more than capable players over here. You have Carmelo. An all-timer, Paul George, and you just disregard these guys like they ain't shit. Come sit on the bench. That's how you teach them. But they're scared of him, rap, because they know he will get into the game after you do that, and then he won't shoot. Right. Psychopath. They know that. So they try to they deal with him on, uh, on eggshells. They walk on eggshells around this guy. Fuck that. Sit down over here. I, it's my team. Donovan is scared of him. Billy Donovan, get control of your team. Yeah, man. This is not what you what you were groomed by the great Rick Pitino. We could say what we want to yeah, say he's about a great Rick, coach. Great coach. Rick Pitino had you on a fucking tight leash when you were at Providence. Right. Could you do something like that? You no. Know, Yo, so you're doing a disservice to the game. He's potentially ending Carmelo's career, although his skill set. Carmelo Anthony will be playing for a long time because of the type of offensive skill set that he has. But he's a non-factor this year. Get out of there. Paul George has been forced to focus on defense because of this. They're all leaving. They got one-year deals, I think. They're not resigning. They know what time it is. I'm sure they have discussions among themselves. Because when we were playing, you know when a guy's chucking and not giving a fuck. The team always saying, yo, they don't clap for this fucking guy. I'm telling you, man. Get this fuck, leave Carmelo before your shit is over. Oh, dude. yeah, Carmelo's got to go. Paul George is definitely not coming back. I guarantee Paul George is absolutely positively not coming back. And I can't see why any big free agent would go. Would go there just because Russell, as great as he is, he just, like, you know, sometimes, like, you'll hear these guys, I can't remember who it was. It was either Isaiah Thomas or Charles Barkley. They were like, well, everybody else needs to learn how to play with Russell Westbrook. Right. I don't think it's possible. A point guard's supposed to get everybody involved. No, nah, he's not doing that. He's like the fucking David Berkowitz uh, and, over there. What the I, fuck, And man? I don't think, I think that he's still into his stats. Even though last year he broke that record with the triple-double, I think that he's still into his stats. And I don't understand it. Ten years in. I, I, I don't get it. And I fucking love Russ Westbrook, but they're not winning. Now, they can give Golden State... Or they can give Houston um, a challenge, but you're not—they're not, they're not winning. winning with that. There's no way they're winning. You see, it's just not happening because as of right now, and and there's a couple of games left. 
as of right now, Oklahoma is playing Portland in the first round. Portland could beat Oklahoma. Oh, now, yeah. Oklahoma could beat Portland. If his head is all right. But history tells me he's going he gonna to wild out more in the playoffs. Like, yo, they brought these two all-stars here. Like, I need them. Fuck them. It's about me. Yeah, he's really like, fuck them. It's about me. Yep. I don't know. I mean, right now... They're talking about James Harden's the MVP of the of the NBA. LeBron is the fucking I agree. MVP. I agree. I totally agree. LeBron James is the MVP of the NBA last year, this year. First of all, the fact that he's playing unless something happens all 82 games yeah, in his 15th year. And the fact that he's statistically some like he's had some of his best statistics uh, uh we don't we don't stat check here at the I am Rapport Stereo podcast, nor do we fact check. The fact that he's still doing this, I mean, the reality of it is is the Rockets would still be okay without Harden. The Cleveland Cavaliers would be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference without LeBron James. So when you talk about most valuable, yeah. the most valuable player in the league to a specific team, as much as I can't stand LeBron, and it's very well documented, he's the MVP Absolutely. of the NBA. It's, it's clear. They're never going to give it to him again. He'll never win that award again because they're like, oh, we got to give it to, we got to give it to James. We got to give it to, it's, it's LeBron James. Yeah, man. Everybody who plays ball knows that, man. This guy, he couldn't be without, that team couldn't be without him. Then, uh, they, and they're going to go to the finals, right. barring injuries to LeBron James. Toronto ain't ready. They beat their ass a couple of days ago like it was nothing yeah. just to let them know like, yo, y'all. Y'all ain't ready. You might have the coach of the year. All these regular season awards, they don't mean anything. Yeah. They really don't mean anything. Um, so much is going on. So, Gerald, you couldn't be uh, uh, there for my last Willie Hutch when I Willie Hutched Laura Ingram. Yeah, I heard. You didn't get kicked off? That was that. Was I, did, I was beautiful. I did not get kicked off Twitter because um, my, my post, I was going to post it on Twitter. And then I said, nah, if I do that, I'm, they're going to, these fucking, these commies. Yeah. See, they call the left commies. They call the Democrats commies. I call these fucking animals commies. <laughs> I didn't post it, but I want to give a shout out to all the Fox News supporters, Laura Ingram, all the, 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 the Trump supporters that posted my video. Thank you for making me go viral once again. Wow. Um, I appreciate it. And I've, I got challenged to four fights last week. I've I, I read one. Boxing <laughs> matches, fights, uh, charity fights. Every, everybody wants to fucking they, dance they with the thing. Everybody want a piece of you. Everybody wants to pull out a piece of me. Because you know why? Because when, when Michael Rappaport talks shit, people listen. Shout out to EF Hutton. Word, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to EF Hutton. Uh, those were commercials. If you're of a certain age, you know, remember those commercials when EF Hutton talks. People listen. But I wanted to thank all the people for posting my video for me and making me go viral, but not getting me suspended off of Twitter. Because you know they would have suspended me off of Twitter. Right. Laura Ingram, after, just 24 hours after, I gave her the Willie Hutch treatment uh -huh. on this year I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Call it a coincidence? I don't think so. She went on vacation. Oh, yeah. She took a little, a little sabbatical. She went on vacation. Yeah, it was, the heat was too much. But the crazy thing about it is the social media blast towards me. The, the fact that this oh, yeah. crazy broad, Laura Ingram, has supporters. The fact that people, like, stand by this type of shit is wild to me. Oh. 
Yo, I mean, tons of people, and I didn't even post the video. Facebook, I didn't post it on there. You know, they'll shut you the fuck down. Right. They're high and mighty bullshit. They're, they're, they're letting elections be being swayed, but I can't post my little shit talk video. People, you motherfucker, yeah. stand with Laura. How can you call her a pig face? You're a pig face. People want to fight. People want this. People want that. Yo, this is the same one that was like that shut up and dribble shit. Yeah. That's like telling a garbage man, shut up and deliver the garbage. Right. That's basically like, yo, what you say means nothing. Right. Of any race creed, like who the fuck are you to say that about somebody? Shut up and dribble. Right. <laughs> or shut up and be a garbage. Shut up and be a janitor. Yeah, you should expect some blowback from that. For yeah. telling people that. You're talking that crazy shit. And then whether or not these Parkland uh, shooting survivors are, have fixed, they're 17. Imagine we're in Erasmus Hall High School. Right. Imagine when we were kids, we're in Erasmus Hall High School, and there's a, a shooting right. running around through the hallways of Erasmus Hall High School, shooting people, mowing down people, mowing down teachers, and you come out of that shit. Imagine that's a life-changing thing, and you sit there and you witness your friends, people in your class, your teachers getting fucking shot and killed in front of you. And these kids, the reason why they're speaking out is because they grew up witnessing this from their entire life. They heard about Columbine. They heard about what happened yeah. in that preschool. It was common. It, it's like a regular thing. So now they're like, yo, we're going to say something about it. And some of the things they're saying might be spot on. Some of the things might not be spot on. But the fact that, again, that these kids are having to speak out, the fact that they're having to march, that they're having walkouts, this shit ain't for publicity. Yeah. And that's when she made it seem... Yeah, they're, they're, these kids are being crucified by this fucking lunatic Ted Nugent, this fucking crazy motherfucker who threatened... It's about the guns, yeah. The guns? Yeah. Yeah, it's about the guns, man. And they, they feel Nobody's threatened. taking your guns. Yeah, they feel, yeah, I thought Obama was taking them. <laughs> these guys are like so, so hyped up about the guns. Nobody's taking your guns. Like, what is this catastrophe you're waiting for? Like, I just don't get it. This, this fucking constitution was written hundreds of years ago. It's a living, breathing document. That's what they call it. So it's a living, breathing document. It's, it's like... I just updated my phone. Oh, you, oh, you, you still with Apple? No, I'm saying, <laughs> I, I, like, everything gets updated except for this constitution. This, this is the perfect document, like, written hundreds of years ago. But we update our phones. We get new sneaker styles. We go from baggy jeans to skinny jeans. The materials change. <laughs> the materials get better. Right. Buildings get knocked down and remade. Everything gets changed. Snapple's now serving their, their Snapple drinks in plastic bottles for whatever reason. Things change. Things evolve, but not the fucking Constitution. And the, these Ted Nugent... Motherfuckers in this bitch, <laughs> Laura Ingram. They're going after these kids. Imagine going after survivors of 9 what 11. Are they Wait, about I'm, the they're saying all kind of shit. He said they're soulless kids. Oh, what? They're, they're, they're soulless, mushy brain kids. Imagine attacking Damn. firemen that escaped 9 11. Imagine attacking, uh, you know, workers that were there for the Oklahoma City bombing. Imagine it, uh, attacking, you know, anybody that was, like, you know, under some sort of duress, under a terrorist attack. Imagine that. Yeah. But for some reason, these motherfuckers are going after teenagers. I don't understand. That. Who were just traumatized. Right, right. And who've been who've been put in the spotlight and who haven't shot away from the spotlight and have inspired other kids 
to do something that they shouldn't be doing. And these motherfucking savages <laughs> are attacking them. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get the motive. I don't, I don't. Yo, and I, I don't want to go into a whole Trump shit. It's this divisiveness. The most reprehensible thing that Dick Stane Donald Trump, and the most, the most historical thing that he's done, and that will carry over when he leaves, is the divisiveness, man. That's the thing that's gonna be that that, that he broke. That is gonna be the hardest thing to fix. Motherfuckers are on some civil war shit in this country. The mentality. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Fuck all the money. Fuck all the, the taxes and all that shit. Yo, there's an undercurrent in this country. It's real. And it shouldn't be that way. We live in America. It's a great fucking country. I always said it. <laughs> it's a great place. I just don't understand. Could you imagine like people going after firemen or policemen or EMT people that were down there uh, uh, at 9-11 and they're saying, you know, and they're speaking out about it. It would never happen. But you're in a high school shooting. You're saying something about it and you're trying to figure out what you just saw and how to try to avoid any other people having to deal with this. And motherfuckers are talking about their guns and their guns and these kids ain't shit. Damn. You ain't shit. Damn, Damn that's what's... <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they're doing. Going at the kids. Because the kids are making a statement about the guns and they feel threatened like, yo, they're going to take out Nobody's guns. taking your fucking, your hunting rifles and your, your, your fucking Barracuda AK-99, right. whatever the fuck. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Shit is ridiculous, man. Um, The Roseanne show, Roseanne oh. Bar. They rebooting everything. Rebooting everything, but Roseanne, 18 and a half million people, cause she she came and stirred it up. That's what's up. She's a Trump supporter in real life. Trump supporter in real life, very political. Rose Roseanne's opinions on politics, I respect them because she not just she out front with it. Always been. And she's also very informed. My I don't agree with some of the shit she says, but she's informed. Right, right. And yo, it's two sides of the coin. You got people who love Donald Trump. You got people on the right, and you know you, they should be heard as well. You know what I'm saying? So, I agree. So you gotta, you know, it's good. But if you're gonna reboot all that, I want all my shows back too. You mean do you want to reboot? What else? What do you want back? I want uh, Happy Days. Yo, bring back Happy Days. The whole cast is they have enough of the cast that is alive. Bring back old ass Fonzie, Sanford and Son. Well, hit, we can't. Red Foxes. Oh, just shows. Oh, just get a new get a new guy to play Red uh, Sanford. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, but Happy Days would be hype. Like you could have Richie Cunningham, mm -hmm. Ron Howard is alive, the great Henry Winkler is alive, Ralph Mouth and them. Right. As old cats. If you're gonna do that, bring back the classic joints, man. I'm with it. Red Red, what else would you like to see brought back? What's happening? Yup. <laughs> Those guys are alive. They're still alive. Let's do it. Good times, motherfuckers still alive. Is everybody alive? Yeah. They're not in the projects no more. Right. JJ started an upstart business and they made it. <laughs> Yo. That would be good. If Bring you, back the fucking Brady Bunch. Yeah, if you're going to do old ass Brady Bunch. Because obviously you got no creativity. No. No. So, so just cave in and do everything. What else should they, should they bring back? Shit, what else, rap? We like, welcome back, Cotter. We oh, still man. A couple of them passed. Yeah. But they... Uh, <laughs> Yo, you got Barbarino. You can fill in. You can fill. Yeah, you can fill. You can fill in. And Welcome Back Carter would be dope. Yeah. Yo, they should Laverne and Shirley. 
Absolutely. Yeah, fuck it. Just bring back the whole Thursday night. Suzanne Summers and well, John Ritter passed. It's hard to do three. Just reboot it. Yep. Yeah, and they're probably going to do it based on the success of that because it's a copycat league, right? Oh, they're going to bring back more. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna definitely bring back more because um, Will and Grace is a hit. Roseanne is a hit. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Back. The Friends people are... are they've they had, amped up. I, I guarantee you... They've had discussions about it. I guarantee you they've had discussions about bringing back friends. Whether or not they do it, they're like, yo, should we do this shit? Maybe Seinfeld might come back. You, you know that would kill. Yeah. They're like, yo, let's do it for two seasons. We get a million each. Right. Knock this shit out. Yeah, because the other shit is whack that you put out. Bring back <clears throat> the shit that's guaranteed to get viewers. I guarantee you those shows have had discussions. Those big shows have had discussions. That's what's up. Who knows? Did you watch the first episode of Roseanne? I saw excerpts of it. Yeah, I mean, yo, I mean, it's the same show. And, and it makes sense that her characters, uh, and, and she'll probably go back and forth. Like, the hoopla that that, that show after one episode caused, they're going to flip-flop, change things around. She yeah. won, Maybe one week she loves Trump, next week she doesn't love Trump. And, and, and it's perfect that it's Roseanne's. I, yeah. I've always liked Roseanne. Yeah. I've always. Do you remember when we when I used to do comedy? We used to hang out at the Improv, seeing Roseanne there. Yep, I remember seeing her. She was one of the few people that always like you're funny. She yeah. was always cool with me. Um, so I, I I fuck with Roseanne. I fuck with Tom Arnold. Where the tapes at? Where the tapes at, Duke? Where the tapes at, Duke? <laughs> um, what else is going on? I can tell you what else is really going on. The butter soft I am Rappaport stereo podcast T-shirts are really going on. All butter soft. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are, are available. We have the King of New York, the Oakley t-shirt. Of course, we have the Disruptive Behavior Buttersoft t-shirt, the Sucker Shit t-shirt. All I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available. Some are available for discount prices at districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. That's districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. And they're always butter soft. You know, people have tried to bite the moniker, the butter soft moniker. People are still biting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are still biting. Trust me, motherfuckers are going to try to bite and then rebite and then bite again the LeBron blames because we're getting into the playoffs. Yeah. LeBron blames comes alive during the playoffs. But you could bite it, you could bite it all you want. We're just going to keep on shucking, jiving, moving, sticking. Dodging and all that shit. And everybody know where you bit it from. So what's the point in biting? Everybody know you got it from us. You got it from <laughs> us. LeBron blames. Right. We invented it. Right. Not like you're sneaking around. No. Not like you're fucking sneaking around. Uh, I want to give a shout out. Yo, you know this is the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. We don't fact check. And I don't have my phone nor my computer in front of me. But there's one dude, and he knows who he is. I'm in communication there is one dude who is the sick fuck of the week beast. Oh, what? He, he DMs me so many sick fucks of the week. Uh-huh. And I can't remember what your name is. He knows who he is. And I'm always, I, I told him, I said, yo, like, he, he's kind of like the sick fuck of the week champion. Like, he's sending me, like, when I feel like I have all the sick fuck of the weeks zeroed in on, he'll send me some next level shit. Wow. And on this Iron Rapport Stereo podcast coming up later, uh, we have some really sick, sick fucks of the week. I mean, they're just, they're just lining up. Um, what else is going on, Mr. Moody? 
Oh, man. Uh, I just want to tell you, man, I want to shout these guys out that uh, came all the way from London, England, and bought me, brought gifts. You know, they very, they're fans of the show. Uh, Amy and my man Ben from L- London, England. Just okay. want to say thanks for the gifts. What did they hook you up with? They hit uh, Emirates, you know, the soccer team. Yeah. Got my name on the back. Did, did I get a fucking jersey from? Nah, man. They they, they didn't look they didn't look they, out for you. Uh, that's fucked up. They got you a fucking jersey. Some good chocolates. Okay. But they need nothing. I didn't get a jersey. Uh, did I, I, I didn't fucking... hear too much from okay, them about, about that. But but they were cool folks. Okay. So we just want to shout them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Going back one more time to the, the nightmare. The fucking nightmare that, ha- that happened at the Parkland School. Uh-huh. And, and this seems to happen all the time. Um, the kid, who I'm not going to say his name, is being flooded with fan mail. The shooter. Oh, what? The murderer. The killer. The savage. The animal. Why? Because people are sick. You know what? This is an impromptu sick fuck of the week. Miles Jordan, cue the sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. Okay, now shut it. Okay. The people that are sending fan mail and support for the Parkland school shooter, you are true blue sick fucks of the week. Yeah. You think this is cool? You think this is some sort of victim? Well, oh, yeah. You're supporting this piece of shit? Women are like, they want to marry him. Men, like all, all ages, all different kinds. Like, I mean, this happens. People are nuts. Like Charles Manson, he used to get like fan mail. Yeah, yeah. But damn, they think it was like some uh, politically driven thing where he, he killed motherfuckers for, for gun rights. And some people have fallen yo, in love with him. Yo, that's He's good. hot. You know, like the Menendez brothers used to get it. Yeah. You know, the, the night shooter... The night killer in, in, in L.A., I remember he used to... This is nuts, though. Damn. Damn. They don't... They, you know, this whole thing with the Laura Ingram and the Ted Nugent and me, 17 people. 17 people were f- murdered. And, and that's lost. Instantaneously. Yeah. You know, this, this Vegas thing... I mean, these are people that are murdered and like this becomes politicized about the gun shit. They feel he's like a martyr. This is not a martyr. <laughs> this is a sick fuck. This is an and animal. people that are sending him uh, support and fan mail, you're also sick fucks. <laughs> of course. Miles Jordan, let me get some funk just to give me a breather here. Word. All right, we're back. That's uh, Moody Beats. Yeah. All these beats uh, that you listen to are crafted by G Moody. I want to give a shout out to uh, the, the dudes that were rhyming. Oh yeah, spits and giggles, classic shit, man. That's hot shit. Salute fuck y'all, dude. Fuck man. with you. <laughs> and, and, and the other cat uh, was rhyming over the Wu Tang. Anybody who wants to rhyme over Moody Beats, go get them. Where the Moody Beats at? Moody Beats at SoundCloud. Go get that funk, man. That boom bap and get on that. Speaking of boom bap, I don't know when we're gonna drop it. Okay, it's gonna come very shortly. Might be the next episode. Might not be the next episode. Okay. But it is an I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast, but it's going to feel more like a documentary. I got to sit down with Premier, Prem, Primo, Primo, Gangstar producer, Hall of Famer. Yo, yeah, that's the, we say DJ Premier immediately Hall of Fame. You say Grand Hill, and eh, you got to think a little bit. 
like it. <laughs> I like it. Now, I, I, I'm i going to be honest with you, Mr. Moody. Um, I had to break rule number one of the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast uh, when I met with Primo. Uh, I had to fact check because I was so... When I started preparing for the interview and I started going over all the beats that he put together... Right. Prolific. I, I had to fact check because I knew that if, if I went in there unprepared and without a list of uh, uh, agenda, like an agenda, like right. a clear agenda, the podcast would get fucked up because the dude has done so... Just, 89. 1989. Just the Gangstar yeah. beats. Yeah. Like, just if we just talk about the production and the craftsmanship of the Gangstar beats. Yeah, right. Alone. That, that's a podcast. That's a whole... Just Gangstar. Yeah. Because one of the things about Gangstar, they didn't put out, like, you know, a record with 10, 10 songs. Uh-huh. They put the shits out with, like, 18 tracks... B-sides, yeah. remixes, all sorts of fly shit. And it's all from Primo. All from motherfucking DJ Premier. So we did a sit-down. It's a full catalog, but I came in there with notes, lists, and I fact-checked. That's what's I up. felt bad about it, but I knew it was it was in the best interest of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast to break rule number one of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Like I said, it's a podcast, but it's going to feel more like a motherfucking documentary. Right. You know who else we, we got? Metal World Peace, Chauncey Billups, Lamar Odom is returning during the playoffs. He liked it that much. Yo, <laughs> we, we're, we're doing all NBA playoffs with Lamar Odom. Oh, word? Yep. Oh, that's what's up. It's going to be dope. Like, we're going to watch games. We're going to break down games, go over matches. Oh, for real? With oh. Lamar during the playoffs. So I am Rapport Stereo Podcast, okay? Yeah. And, and you can reach out to us, people, I, we've been getting all the all the emails. I see all of them. Okay, we'll we'll do an episode where we respond to you on the air, but we are responding to the emails. I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. Complaints, things you like, things you don't like, uh, whether or not G Moody. It's April. We're in April. I, I, I got some ill shit. I got. I'm not going to say nothing, but you will see my progress through video. And I got the ancient Chinese secret. To, to throw back time. I got the ancient You're, Chinese secret. What is it? Money. I got a, somebody training me, B. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a and, question. And he's Chinese. So that's why I call him the ancient Chinese secret. Who's going to help you pull off dunking? And he's ill. And, and, he, and what have you He started? got the illest dunks. <laughs> This ain't no Jeremy Lin motherfucker. This is this is some other shit. Okay. He sent me some shit where he doing some Damo type but shit. That, what does it have to do with you? But he is a trainer. So he said, yo, I could get you doing this shit with no problem. Okay. So I'm meeting money tomorrow. So I call him my ancient Chinese secret. Tomorrow's your first. That's when I start. I'm on some rocky shit. You're going to see progress. Day by day by video. Please post videos. Of course. We get because, ready. Because I am being inundated. Yeah, I see them motherfuckers. And they, they're hitting me left and right. Like the they DMs, don't know me. And they're like, oh, is he going to dunk? I said, this motherfucker ain't dunking Watch. donuts. What? He's not taking a donut into some coffee and dunking it. That's what I tell him. And I'm telling you right to your face because I want to make sure that when people DM me and they say about Moody, I say exactly what I say to you right. to your face. Because they're like, ooh. And I'm like, ooh, I'll tell him to his fucking face. What? I got a 5'10 Chinese dude from Brooklyn training me doing windmills. How the fuck he do it? You've never done a windmill. 
I don't want to do it. All I got to do is get up off two, boom, and flush it. Easy. Easy. Okay. The ancient Chinese secret, B. Um, Viceland, for some strange reason, uh, they went to go meet the engineers that are uh, behind the most hyper realistic sex robots being built in the world. And I like Vice. I like Viceland. But the question I have for the people that put it, because a producer said, let's do a story on this. Why? Why, why, why do you want to... He's a freak. <laughs> why, why do you want to do an article about this? He's a freak. Do you want to fuck one of the dolls? Yeah, you want to try to mask it as, oh, we're doing uh, documentary studies. No, you want to buy one. So you can put you it in... You want a discount or some shit, dude? Yeah. And what happened? And it's the same thing. Like one of the... Uh, the, the market is called uh, Slut Ever. That's, that, I didn't say it. Slut Ever. What, that's one of the dolls? That's line? what they, they call the... the, uh, the f- freaks, man. Yo, you just want some. I'm my worst, most loneliest, old man diaper. I'm, I'm in a hospital alone, shitting all over myself. I'm not having sex with a, with a robot. With a mechanical. After, after some shit like that, you should just die. <laughs> like, yo, that's it. You freak off? Yeah, with a, a mechanical thing that they made up. We've been documenting this for a long time for now. For years. Yo, this is going to ha- Yo, by the time in 20 years, this is going to be common. Motherfuckers going to be walking down the street diddy bopping with, with robot chicks. Yeah, at Starbucks. Nah, I'm not doing that. With, with pre-recorded shit. Nah, I'm not doing all that. that. The, the woman talks to you in pre-recorded shit. Nah, we not doing all that. Yo, motherfuckers ain't going to be fucking with regular women anymore. After a while... Because you know you're not gonna get no beef from no robot. Yo, you come, you could come in late, six in the morning, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, honey," <laughs> the one he's calling, honey's gonna be like, "Oh, hi, sweetie." Yeah, and you, you, you feel good about yourself. You, you, you're like, you think because because the robot's not questioning what you do, you you feel good. You think that's dope. You think that's crunk. That's that's not fly. That's actually more lonely. That's, that's loneliness. You're talking to a robot, Duke. You, you're talking to like a fucking iPhone, like an iPod and shit. You're talking to the radio. And people have been seeing dudes on on uh, cruises. With, with they they got their dolls. They sitting in restaurants with their dolls now. They gave it up. They said fuck it. She's like, hey. All right, Miles Jordan. Um, Please, please cue the sick fuck of the week music. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did what? No. 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 This is sick fuck of the week music. This is an award that is earned, not given. Uh, it is an award that is earned. Huh. Oh, yeah. It's not given. Um, okay, first up on this week's sick fuck of the week award. It's going out to Christina Maddox. 33 years old, making threats on Facebook to blow up, and I quote, everything at a Florida elementary school. 
during a teacher planning day. You think that's funny? Yeah, in this climate, damn. I, I, I think that this Christina Maddox, who, by the way, if you look her up, she looks like a sick fuck. She should actually get, bring out the gimp. We should gimp her <laughs> and bring her out leashed up, cuffed up, shackled up, bring out the gimp. Yeah. Because who in this day and age would think to say something like that, that would threaten to blow up everything at an elementary school? Christina Maddox, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. You are one of many, many, many sick fucks of the week. A four-year-old school administrator in Jersey, straight out of Jersey, <laughs> New Jerusalem, was arrested for threatening four-year-olds, specifically one four-year-old who was acting up. Now, this could have been me. This whole disruptive behavior, lifestyle, this started when I was young. Right. <laughs> I was kicked out of preschool, kicked out of the third grade of public school. So you could see yourself being threatened. This could have been me. Right. Let's just say this four-year-old, I don't even know if, he, if this is true, but let's just say this four-year-old was a, a real pain in the ass, a disruptive force like myself. Does he deserve to be threatened? By some old crazy lady, I can't even pronounce her fucking name, with a knife? Imagine you hear that your son was threatened oh. by, a, by, a, by a school administrator with a knife. You can't control. Lock this animal up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yo, I got one. I okay. Got, I got an ill one. I'm going to pass you the ball. I'm not going to Russell Westbrook the yeah, sick fucking do weeks. Yeah, we're a team. Yeah. All right. Uh, I call this guy a triple crown, sick fuck. A sexual deviant and a no good judge. Robert Cisale, whatever his fucking name is. We don't pronounce it when you wow out. Yeah, we, we don't go out of our way. Yeah. Robert Cisale. I think it's Cicale. Cicale breaks into his neighbor's house and steals her soiled underwear. And this is a this is a judge. I actually heard about this sick fuck. And you know where he's from? Long Island. Yes. And, and, but before you go further in breaking this down, I wanted to say that, and I'm not proud of this because my mother is from Long Island. Yeah. Um, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast guest who's been kicking ass. Our guy, Danny Green, is Work. from Strong Island. Lyle Alzado's from Long Island. Yeah. Howard Stern is from Long Island. Of course. Eddie Murphy is from Long Island. Public the Enemy. great Dr. J is from Long Island. Yeah. But I will say this. In 2018, there has been quite a lot of sick fucks from, of course, Florida, but Long Island <laughs> is definitely in the house. Yes, creeping up. I, I, I just say that is self-explanatory. What do you want to do with this woman's soiled underwear? And how did you become a judge, you sick fuck you? And what is the parameters for being disbarred? Oh, no, you, this is a sicko. Yeah. This is a sick fuck. He not only had uh, his neighbor's panties, he had uh, pockets, pockets full oh. of other people's underwear when they busted him. And this is a judge rendering decisions on people's lives. This is a sick fuck Maybe rendering we <laughs> decisions on people's lives. Maybe we should look at some of those cases. Oh, absolutely. Right? And let some of these people out. Absolutely. This guy's judging you? Get the fuck out of nah, here. Man. Hell no. Fuck out of here. Hell no. And I want to say this, yo. 
I would never recommend another podcast unless it was dope. And this is this is a um, one of these serial driven podcasts. It's like a story thing. It's like a sixty minutes type of thing. I listened to this podcast. My wife hit me to it. Really fucking good. Check this podcast out called Empire on Blood. Okay. Empire on Blood. It's about. It's one of these cases um, of a guy who was it was a notorious drug dealer. He's very open about you know his past as a drug dealer up in the Bronx. Okay. Um, on I think 213th Street, uh, yep. which I guess in the 90s was a really oh, oh. Fu- fucked up. You know they used to call it you know Empire on Blood, like this corner, and this kid was uh, you know involved in all kind of shit, um, like all kinds of. He's very open about it, but he got convicted of a double murder, and the podcast and this journalist who's bugged out. It's very entertaining, very compelling. Um, you know, sort of follows him and he's been doing it for a long time and, and he breaks down to seven part podcast you know it, it's like uh, one of these ones you know it has a beginning middle and end empire on blood check it out if you like true crime stories um i want to give a shout out to these guys it's well done i actually want to talk to the guy who did it because he, he's a bug out he's a new york dude so if you if you like other podcasts if you like you know true crime shit check out empire on blood and i'm just doing that just because i i, I saw it just for the strength okay um, because in, in the, in, like a lot of people get caught up with sick, no good judges in this podcast. Oh, of course. <laughs> I wanted to let you decide, Mr. Moody. Okay. Who you thought the sick fuck of the week was on this one. At a restaurant in Toronto that serves, it's called Antler. Okay. So obviously they, they serve, they serve meat. Uh, they, they serve deer, mm. um, you know, one of their one of their specialties is freshly killed uh, a deer. You know, cooked and all that stuff. It's a restaurant in Toronto called I Antler. Had, I had deer in South Carolina recently. No, when I was uh, down there with my cousins, shit is good. Okay, so and I I've been vegan. Oh, and if it's sorry, not vegan, vegetarian. Are you you rocking it? I've been doing it. I hear you. You see, I look good. I, I wouldn't say that. Then you fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so, but well, one thing about vegetarians and vegans that no one likes, no one wants to hear about it. Yeah, because y'all motherfuckers be just ramming it down motherfuckers' throat. You make a motherfucker want to eat a, like a pork loin right in front of you. <laughs> and that's probably what happened with this guy. Right. So, so there was protesters outside this restaurant, which is a, a legitimate restaurant, a popular restaurant. And one of the chefs came to the front of the window with the deer, mm. started preparing it, cutting it up. Oh. Right in front of the protest. It's like, yo, you're going to protest my restaurant. Fuck you. Oh, I like money. So do you think he's a sick fuck? No. Okay. He, he's, uh, he's a chef, B. He's a chef. You, you are wrong for being outside of his restaurant. He's a chef, so he got to disembowel. He got to fucking cut shit and, and get the chops and all that. That's his job. Is it your job to be there on some social justice? No, animal justice bullshit. Get the fuck away from my man's restaurant, B. That's why I asked you. <laughs> That's why I asked you. Um, we're, we're rocking and rolling. I told you we had a whole bunch of sick fucks. A former Ohio teacher pled guilty to charges stemming from giving birth to her student Turned foster son's baby. Oh, she adopted? She adopted? Just to skeet. A kid, and then gave birth to this 
to the, to the baby. You sick yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's bugged out. But what about what, what they, how sick do you have to be? Think about that. She's like, I'm gonna take this motherfucker home. With I'm gonna me. take him home. I'm gonna adopt him, and then I'm gonna have a fucking baby with like. And she's he, married. Nut job. Yo, as a guy, what do you tell cats at the bar? Like, yo, we broke up. Why? Fucking with an eleven year old. This is insane. This is a sick fuck. Laura Lynn Cross. Uh, have you ever seen Laura Lynn Cross? No. If you look at her, you have any idea what she looks like? <laughs> of course. <laughs> a sick fuck. But, yo, this shit is bugged out. I would have loved, if I'm 14 and they going at me like that, I, I, I know I would have loved it, son. I, I got to be honest. But you wouldn't have been able to, you wouldn't have, like, who knows? Maybe I would have lived with when this you're, when, when you're 14, when you're 14, who knows? You, you might have skeeted. I would have. You might have puppy water. You don't know yet. Marinda Polston in Kentucky. A woman from Kentucky, Marinda Polston, was arrested, charged with abuse in an incident after she caught her daughter drinking alcohol to punish her. You know what she did? She forced her to drink more alcohol to the point of extreme intoxication and alcohol poisoning. Oh. So the daughter was doing something wrong by drinking alcohol. So to prove her point, she made her drink more, almost killed the daughter. You think this is good parenting, you sick fuck? Yeah. Marinda Polston? Yeah, come You're on. You're a 14-year-old? That's the only way you, you, you thought that they, to solve the problem? To teach your daughter the lesson? People experiment, man. You almost killed that girl. A mother of a kid who was suffering from autism was so overwhelmed from dealing with the, co- the child, she tried to decapitate him with a bow saw. This, wait, the mother of an autistic kid, <laughs> she was so overwhelmed yeah, it's by dealing with the boy's sickness with his autism she feared he would be a burden on society. Tried to decapitate her 11-year-old son with a fucking bow saw. This is, this is, these are people yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah, these are wild. people next to you in line at the fucking, at, at, when you're getting a cheeseburger. Word. At CVS. They right behind you. <laughs> Finally, right here in New York City, a man, young guy, good-looking guy, Walking to get on the subway, out of nowhere, a woman runs up to him, pushes him into the tracks. Luckily, he was able to to move out of the way, didn't get fucking killed by the train. Of course, this sick fuck Marjorie Chambers, 57 years old, is a 27-year-old strapping construction worker. Yeah, you never stand by the, you stand in front of the pillar. So if you push, try to push me, you got to push the whole station down. Yeah, I, I stand with my back to the wall. Yeah, I'm, I've always been scared of that shit. When that train is coming, I always look behind me, look to the side of me, look to the side of me uh-huh. every single time. I'm never at the end of that shit. Yeah, I always in front of that pillar or back to the wall. Fortunately, Stephen Ware of Queens, Queens is in the house. Uh, he survived and he's fine. But could, yo, you 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 in Union Square. One of the busiest train stations in the entire world. Yeah. And you're just trying to get on your train after a long day's work. 
Lady just comes up to you. I didn't, hey, he didn't know her. Did, didn't know nothing about her. Pushed him into the track. This motherfucker could have died. Fortunately, he saved. This is a jam-packed segment of the award-winning sick fucks of the week. Yep. All right, G. Moody, what can I say? It's a very, very jam-packed I Am Rapport Stereo podcast. Uh, Want to give shout-outs? Oh, shout-out to uh, LL Cool J, starting Rock the Bells Radio on Sirius Radio XM. Yep. Sirius XM Rock Radio. Rock the Bells. So uh, he, somebody curated a place where all of our shit can be heard because it's never played anywhere else. Nope. And this is the foundation of the music that people love. So these are the people who made it. LL, good job. Yeah. And I'm we'll be tuning in all the time so you can hear all the good funk. Absolutely. And the and the rhyming. You can hear the rhyming. And, and they're gonna have all the DJs mixing, scratching, cutting. Right. And hopefully inspire other young DJs to mix, scratch, and cut. I can't wait to uh to to, to hear the uh when, when that station officially launches. They did the soft launch. What can I say? It's the I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Rapport, aka the Jeff Ruland of podcasting, aka the Bill Ambeer of podcasting. I like that. I want to be. I'm a G Moody, the Bernhard Getz of podcast. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> like, I don't take no shit. Yeah, you'll pull out the gun. I'll on the pull train. out the gat and try to front on us. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and uh, you know we'll be back with more bangers coming up next. Hello. Tori Smith, it's Michael Rappaport. What's going on? How you doing, my man? I'm all right, chilling, man. Can't complain. All right, well, I appreciate you uh, coming on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm a big fan. Been a big fan. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, congratulations. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. How's uh, the high been and the excitement and just, like, you know, the hysteria of being a Super Bowl champ for the second time in your career. Uh, like, have, have you paid for a meal in Philadelphia since uh, you guys won the championship? Yeah, not going to lie. There's definitely been a few free meals in there the past couple of weeks. But it's a lot of travel, all the things that kind of come with it, doing the, the media circuits. Things are finally starting to slow down now. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, what, what are you going to do with the rest of your offseason, and when do you start thinking about uh, football again? Yeah, well, for me, I actually started working out. Jesus. Uh, 2018 season starts for me now. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to, you know, get back into it a little bit and uh, really just, just grind, start to grind, uh, work your way up because it's definitely a long season, so you don't want to go into overkill, but do that and focus on my charity work, which is what I do in offseason. Okay, I want to talk to you about that. So so if you just started working out uh, the other day, and obviously we're months away, what is the sort of workout that you do to sort of maintain to get, you know, preseason ready? Yeah, you kind of being that our season, the season's long. I don't think people realize how long it is. It definitely wears you out. Um, and I mean, you have four preseason games, 16 regular season games. And then we were lucky we had a bye. But when you look at that, you know, it's 23 games for us. Um, it, the Patriots had to buy as well. So it was the same for them. Um, but you, you want to get back into your routine. You don't kill yourself, you know. So for me, I'm running. Mm-hmm. I might do might do a little more basketball. Um, I'm definitely lifting, but just not as heavy. It's not as not as pounding. But as the weeks go on, you pick it up, and 
get back into your same old routine. How, how long does it take you this season? Because I'm sure every season is different. After, you know, a long season, a long run in the playoffs, and obviously the Super Bowl, how long does it take your body to sort of just, you know, get back into neutral? I'm sure you never are without any kinks or a sore finger or a toe or something. But, like, how yeah. long does it take for you to sort of, like, heal? Yeah, it takes a while. Um, and honestly, I've learned the uh, older that I've gotten moving as a part of that. Um, the longer you sit still, mm -hmm. I feel like you stiffen up a little bit, in my opinion. It's kind of like a car that sits. It's harder to start it back up. But you need to rest at the same time. So there's a fine line. I've definitely rested a lot over the past couple of weeks besides the traveling. And lack of sleep, I haven't, my body hasn't been taking really a pounding. But, um, you know, I think what my plan for the next few weeks in terms of yoga, running, playing some balls, staying fluid, I think that's going to be huge for me to get back in it. All right, well, that, that's cool. I'm, I'm a yoga guy myself, and, and I'm sure you're probably faster <laughs> than me, stronger than me. Obviously, you could catch a football better than me. But I guarantee you, Torrey Smith, two-time Super Bowl champion, and, and I'll say this to your face, and I'll prove it when I see you, I'm far more flexible than you. I'm the superior stretcher uh, than you. Than you. <laughs> I know you'd be shocked. I'm malleable. I'm like a six-month-old baby. Okay, like I'm hey, malleable. I'm not surprised, man. I'll tell you what. And I'm the complete opposite, so I guarantee you you have me whipped on that <laughs> So uh, I'm sure you've been asked this, and I'm sure you got a politically uh, correct question. Going into next season, and I, you already know where I'm going with this, Nick Foles kicked ass. You know, he came in there. I mean, you know, I'm sure you were like, it's all done. It's going downhill. After Carson Wentz, who was kicking ass. I mean, you had two quarterbacks who kicked ass on top of kicking ass. How, how do you think this is going to be? Forget your opinion. And, and I know it's hard to answer, and I don't, definitely don't want to put you on the spot or make you feel uncomfortable. H how do you think this is going to be sorted out? And have you ever even imagined or heard of something this close where you have a guy who is most likely going to win the regular season MVP, he gets replaced with a guy who winds up winning the Super Bowl MVP? Like, what, what do you make of this situation? Um, I mean, obviously Carson's hurt, but I think if they're both healthy, they're going to go with Carson. Mm -hmm. He was the MVP. You know, um, but it's a good problem to have when you have two MVP caliber QBs, and we wouldn't have been where we were if it wasn't for both of them. But uh, like I said, I think it's a good problem to have, and it gives the team some time to make sure that Carson's back 100%. What kind of uh, a leader was Carson Wentz? And compare him to Nick Foles. Well, I think two, the two of them are two of the better leaders I've been around, period, at any position. Um, they both lead by example. Both guys you want to play with and play for. Um, and, and more bigger than that, they're just really good men. And I think that, you know, they, that I've never seen a quarterback room that tight. Okay. Which is often, is, I mean, I've, I've been around quarterbacks that everyone gets along, but it's, it was a little different to me to see them. They were both, all three of them, all very strong in their faith, challenged each other. And uh, like Carson was genuinely happy for him, even, and that's right. probably one of the toughest, toughest moments of his life. But, uh, you know, he was genuinely happy for him. And um, that's how they are. It's just as, as men. Staying on the quarterbacks, obviously you won the Super Bowl uh, with the Ravens, uh, uh, with Joey Flacco. What was he like as a quarterback? Uh, and, you know, this is a few years ago. You, some might say that was his prime. He's still kicking ass. You know, he, he has to deal with injuries. What was he like as a quarterback during your run with him? Joe's a beast. He still is a beast. I don't yep. care what anyone says. I agree. You know, he, he's, a, he's a great quarterback. And, you know, that's my guy. 
stand up for him any day of the week. And uh, you know, I know he's I know that, you know, he's gonna bounce back. He's healthy. Um, they protect him. You know, he's gonna do his job. That Super Bowl, obviously there you know, when you look back on it, the Ray Lewis uh, the Kaepernick, and that game uh, was the game at halftime where the, the power went out in the building. W- what do you remember about that situation with the power going out? And, and, like, what was going on with your team? Like, And did you think, like, yo, this game could possibly be canceled? No, nah, honestly, I thought it was, like, a conspiracy because we just ran that kickback at the halftime. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to blow these boys out. And then the power goes out, <laughs> and... They came out ready to ball, and we didn't. And it was a heck of a game. Um, it was crazy. You know, I'm looking around. Everyone's stiffening up, trying to stay loose. But you really don't know when the power is going to come back on. And those lights don't just pop on. Like, it's not like your kitchen light or something where you change it and it's right back on. Like, no, like, it takes time for the lights to even warm back up. So uh, that was a, a weird time. But I'm just glad, ultimately, that we ended up finishing the game. Were you guys really saying, yo, this is some bullshit? Like, yo, this they're trying to slow down the momentum? Like, was that really something that was being discussed while you were, like, over there stretching and everything? Absolutely. I think everyone has that in them. You always think it's a conspiracy when things aren't going your way. <laughs> when something weird happens. That, to me, I loved Kaepernick's run that season. And where do you think, in 10, 15 years, what do you think the impact of Colin Kaepernick will be on the NFL? Um, I think he'll be mentioned with, I mean, his, his impact is way bigger than the NFL. I think he'll be mentioned with some of the greatest leaders ever, um, in terms of folks who took a stance, especially as athletes. Um, you can't take that away from him. There's been things and conversations that have advanced so far because he took a knee. Mm-hmm. People have been fighting. People out here literally dedicate their lives to this. And they were kind of at a stumbling block. And then Cap takes a knee and things are starting to roll in the right direction. And he start, and people are more aware and want to learn more about what's going on and what's wrong in our country. And, and honestly, learn how to articulate it. And so because, again, because he just decided to take a knee, um, he's going to help make this country uh, to really be a better place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, I know you had a lot of outspoken guys on your team. And, and I, I just respect it because people, you know, we could sit here on the sidelines saying, you guys should do this, you guys should do that. Um, and, and you know, as they proved with Kaepernick, uh, you know, there's consequences. I mean, just for us in general, like, it's selfish as an athlete to walk away from a problem when you know it, it affects you um, when you're not on the field or it affects your family each and every day. Um, I think it's just your responsibility as a man. It goes beyond the field, and it affects our fans if you want to talk about the people who are spending dollars. So uh, I, I think it, it'll be something that people people have always spoken up. Um, people have always said their opinions, but now people are listening to what athletes are saying, and social media kind of helps with that in terms of using your platform and, and lending your voice. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, I'm going to keep it funky with you, Tori. I'm a New York Giants fan. I was in a conundrum. You know, the day of the Super Bowl, I vowed to become a Philadelphia Eagles fan for the day because as, as much as I cannot stand the Eagles, I do love the city of Philadelphia, and as much as I can't stand the Eagles, I really, I mean, I disdain 
the New England Patriots. <laughs> so, so, so how good does it feel? Keep it real with me to knock the fucking Patriots, Tom Brady, and to just dismantle Matty Patricia's defense and, and, his, and his pencil and his beard. I mean, he shaved after you guys beat him. You guys made that guy take a, a, a shower and a shave. He never shaves. He never takes a shower. You guys dismantled the Patriots. How good did, does that feel? Keep it funky with me. I mean, it, it feels good to win, period. You know, whoever that is. And, you know, if you know my history, I played in Baltimore, so we had to go through New England to get to where we want to be in terms of winning the Super Bowl and uh, the first year they got us, they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yes, I my, remember my that. Sec- my second year, we got them. So uh, that's a that's a great robbery. And one thing that stands out about it is that, you know, it's always good to, to be the best. You got to beat the best. Mm. And that's who, you know, that's who they've been consistently for a while. What, what was the sort of mentality going into that game, like that you saw the vulnerability? Because you tore them up. It was just to be ourselves. Um, you know, when you're going to it, we feel comfortable standing against any any defense. Um, you know, we've been one of the best offenses all year, and that didn't change. We're always confident in ourselves. Just ran our offense, and we knew we could make plays. So that's no disrespect to anybody on the other side. But, you know, there's never a game that we went into feeling like, you know, we weren't going to win our matchups. And what do you make of the Malcolm Butler benching? And it would have swayed the game. It would have changed the game. Uh, what is your take on that? Uh, I mean, to me, he's just going to be the, the other person that's going to have to get this work. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how we approached it. You know, they have some very talented corners over there. and Obviously, I mean, shoot, they wouldn't even have won one of their Super Bowls if it wasn't for him. So, um, you know, it, they're, they're very talented. But I, I'm not, it was a surprise. You know, we didn't, we didn't know that. We didn't expect it. Um, I don't know why they did it. Now it's really none of my business. But um, we just knew that we stu- we studied them, and he was he was the major piece. Um, and I don't know, I still don't. I don't think anyone knows what happened. So you would say that he he is the best DB on that team, right? I mean, like that that's obvious, correct? I mean, I, I wouldn't nec- I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, you know, I think they have you know, all the talents. They're all different, right? So I mean, I think that's the coach's decision. Uh, through your career, you've played against so many defensive backs and safeties and linebackers. Throughout your career, who would you say are some of the defenders that are the biggest the biggest talkers? Uh, Ike Taylor. He always got the best of me. He had me talking every game. And what about Ray Lewis when you were practicing with him? What what made Ray Lewis so special? Like obviously you're on the offensive squad. What made Ray Lewis Ray Lewis? Uh, I think it was his work ethic, um, his commitment. You don't play that long if you're not dedicated and, and grind the way you do. So you would see that in practice when he was out there. Obviously, the type of leader he was, that kind of spoke for himself. But just his work ethic, and, you know, his his attention to detail and everything just to be great. Um, what is the first memory that when you when you made it into the NFL where you were like, holy crap, I, I'm out here. Like, I've worked all this time, high school, college, and now I'm actually on the field. Like, what was that surreal, I'm actually with these dudes moment? And who was it against? Uh, actually, my first start in the NFL, um, I, I had a rough training camp. I came in during a lockout, so we didn't have any practice in the uh-huh. summertime. Um, we had no practice, and I was struggling in camp. And the first couple of games, you know, I was a third receiver. I never had the ball thrown to me. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, Lee Evans gets hurt, and I had to start. And the first play of the game, first play of offense, I scored like a 75-yard touchdown. First catch, touchdown. And then they come back to me a few more times. And my first three catches were touchdowns. So um, that was something that's pretty cool to be able to share with the kids. It was a, it was an NFL record. Are, at that point, are you like, yo, what's all the fuss about? Like, oh, this is easy work? Like, the NFL, like, this is a joke? <laughs> you know, it just it just gives you confidence, I think. when And that's, that's huge. Um, I think the majority, a major piece of success in general is just being confident in yourself. And so there were times where mm. I struggled with that in camp. Uh, trying to learn and and just all, kind of all over the place. But when you go out there and you have success, it's like, man, that's who I am. And the key to when you get older is like you know who you are, regardless of what's going on, what your struggles may be, that uh, you know how to grind and, and how to write the ship. Right. When you have a week off, who are your favorite receivers to watch in the NFL now? Like who who, who would be like your top four or five guys that you're just a fan of that impress you that you're like, yo, I'm chilling this weekend or there's a Monday night game. I have to watch who? Yeah, I like watching uh, Antonio Brown. I uh, like watching Julio Jones, Odell, Beckham, uh, New Hopkins. Uh-huh. There's a lot of talented guys. I like watching Thielen and Diggs up in Minnesota. Diggs and Turp. Yeah, they're um, good. You know, it's a, it's a lot of it's a lot of young guys that you know that in this league that I enjoy watching. You you every week you watch someone and you just kind of just admire their talent, and their abilities because I mean this game isn't easy. And sometimes dude do some things you're like, man, that's God given ability. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you 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 said you're playing ball in the off season. What's your crew? You're you're from Virginia. Are you a, a a Wizards fan? Like, what's your team? And you know, like I always say, like you're one of these two guard uh, uh, receivers, big, athletic, you know, fast. You know, like a Dwayne Wade in his prime. Who? What? What kind of game do you got? And, and what's your favorite NBA team? That's kind of like how I play. You know, especially when I'm on, just gotta slash a little bit. I spot up and shoot. Can you bang it on somebody? To too much now. Absolutely. Ooh. But, uh, you know, I just try to go out there and uh, just just really try to be more conscious. Now, when I was younger, I would, I'd be rolling. I'd be trying to dog everyone and be all aggressive. Now, it's like, man, it's more important to get the cardio in. And, you know, I'll still dunk on somebody, but, you know, try to be smart because you have to make it to the next day. And and what's your what's your favorite team, Tori? Uh, oh, come ah. Uh, I, I would kind of say it, it depends on where I am. Like, I'm more of a fan of players. Okay. You know, so I can I can appreciate different teams. Like, and obviously, you know, being around, you know certain guys. But, like, I like watching the Wizards. Um, I've been to a bunch of their games. We're seeing John Wall, Bradley Bill. Um, yeah, I was in San, Yeah, I was in San Fran. So, you know, it's easy to watch Steph, KD, all them cats. And, you know, KD's a guy who, you know, I've known since college. He's come up on our campus. <laughs> He's too young to even make it to the clubs. Being in the league, so when um, you were in college, he would come around. Yeah, and I was in college. I, th- I think it might be actually the same school year. Now, at you know, that point, played. was he like 140 pounds? <laughs> yeah, maybe you know he's still a you know same old KD, but you know we all remember seeing him on campus. Like, man, why didn't he come here? He'd have been a beast at Maryland, but he went to Texas and did his thing. Now, listen, this isn't football question. I'm going to ask you. So, so, so you, I want you to keep it funky with me, man. Who in the NFL 
has game and who in the NFL is trash but thinks they have game in basketball? Keep it real with uh, Come on, man. Some guys, Give me something. Some guys like a hoop. You know what? I've been hearing lately that Le'Veon Bell can really hoop. Who, who ain't shit, Tori? Who, like, whose ass, what <laughs> NFL player, former or current, have you bust their ass in, fo- in basketball? Keep it real with me. I can't think of anybody. I mean, oh my I've been, God. On, I've been, I've been on enough charity games to know that some guys are like really trash. Like, I remember Damian Barry. Like, he's one of the worst players I've ever seen in my life. So but, like, you're this, on the you record know, saying Damian Barry's trash. He's trash. Every, yeah, he's trash. But everywhere you go, you're going to see somebody that's, you know, that's really, really good and someone that's just horrible. Just give me one more name or somebody like, yo, my man, don't embarrass yourself. You're a great football player, but you shouldn't be out here. Give it to me. I'm over here trying to think of who come, who's kind of my game. Like even Joe Flacco was like he had one he had one year where he was horrible. But otherwise, that like Joe's a very athletic. He can shoot. Right. He can play ball. He was wearing these little Daisy Duke shorts one year. That's why he played so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, but he he I can't even say he fits in there. He just had one bad game because he's a he's very athletic. All right, listen, Tori, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on the podcast. Um, Congratulations on uh, uh, winning your second Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, congratulations and continue to do uh, all the charity work. And fantastic luck going into next season. And, and I'll talk to you soon, my man. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely, Tori. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the weekend. Right. Peace. Gino, go get your shine box, Gino. Let me start by saying I love women's basketball. I don't have a problem with women's basketball at all. Fuck it. I've even played women's basketball. I get right in, and I don't shy away from the competition. I have actually had my ass busted by women playing basketball. So let's get that straight right out of the gate. I've played in celebrity games with Sue Bird, Skylar Diggins, and Lisa Leslie, and a bunch of others, and I know where I stand. I have the utmost respect for women that play ball, and I have mad respect for the University of Connecticut's fantastic women's basketball team but they are straight demolishing teams. Now again, I don't have a problem with the young, talented women on that team, but I have a real problem with the coach. Yeah, I got a real fucking problem. That's right, Gino Arena, Arama, Orientic, Obama, however the fuck you say your last name. I got a problem, and I think a few others may as well, but they're too damn scared to talk about it. Well, guess who's not scared? Michael Rappaport. Me, the gringo man dingo, a.k.a. Milk, a.k.a. White Mike. That's right, Gino. This shit is out of balance. You won 100 games in a row, and 56 of them, you won by 40 points or more. Gino, when is enough enough? You're looking like a fucking girl bully out there. How about I go out there and get some real girl bully goons from Brownsville, Brooklyn? How about I get some girls that eat fucking hoop dreams for breakfast, huh? How about I drive a bus around and I collect a gang of girl bullies to bully your team? Or maybe they just do a little shove job on you personally, Gino. Would that be fun for you? What I really want to know is why the hell haven't you moved on? You have conquered women's college hoops. Now get on with it. Grab your balls and coach somewhere else, anywhere else. Let's go. It's time to step it up. When will you finally look around the arena and think, maybe it's time to take my talents elsewhere. I've done everything I can in this league. I've shit on every program in our division and around the country. And I think maybe I need a real challenge in my life. Maybe, just maybe, it's time to play with the big girls in the WNBA. Or just maybe it's time to play with some men. You ever think about that, Gino? You want to go down as one of the best coaches of all time? 
Your record might get you a meeting, but you don't get a seat at the table. No, sorry. You don't get to sit with the Vince Lombardis, the Bobby Knights, Phil Jacksons, Greg Popovich, or Bill Belichick's. And if you see the ghost of John Wooden, get him some goddamn water because the man's soul is thirsty from years and years of hard-fought competition and constantly challenging himself. You're embarrassing teams, Gino, and that's not what the game is all about. That's not what sports is all about. That's not what life is all about. You don't get a seat at the big boy table over you, me, me. You walk into that room and you try to take a seat, it's going to feel like a scene straight out of Goodfellas. And you ain't Joe Pesci, my friend. You're Spider. Yeah. Remember Spider? He was the kid Joe Pesci's character shot in the foot for not getting his drink order right. Let me spell it out for you. I know a thing or two about scenes. Interior, back room, Italian restaurant, night. Gino Oriema walks in. Others take notice. Around the table sit the great coaches of the past and present. Bobby Knight, Vince Lombardi, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, Bill Belichick, and John Wooden. Gino takes a seat. The others look on with disdain, stunned even. Hey, fellas, look, it's Gino Amorusa. Hey, what's the good word, Gino? Uh, what team did you finish embarrassing this week? Hey, guys, we, we just beat Central Florida by 55, and tonight we beat Tulsa by 60. Shit, I'm exhausted from all the ass-kicking. We got any beers, fellas? As a matter of fact, we do. Why don't you go to the head to the fridge and fetch me and Lombardi a couple of cold ones? Oh, you're funny. I'm funny? How the fuck am I funny, huh? The fuck is so funny about me? Funny? Like what? Like, like a clown? Do I amuse you, Eugene? No, no. I was just I was just saying you're funny. I, I mean, you tell me to get beers and all, and I'm blowing out teams left and right. And, you know, I, I, I just You're blowing you out girls. Funny. Is that right, Gino? Yeah, Vince. It's Mr. Lombardi. Sorry, man. Sorry about that, Mr. Lombardi. You ever think about maybe coaching men, Aramini? Nah, I mean, you got a good thing going, you know? It's it's Oriemo. You think you got a good thing going, huh? I split wins with Purdue in 87 in what we call a goddamn rivalry and then went on to win the title that year. No blowouts. We fought hard. I caught a stress hernia in 87. I haven't been the same since. Popovich slams his hand down hard on the table. Gino goes wide-eyed, scared of what might come next. You're on easy street, Gino. I've seen the frickin' Lakers seven times in the playoffs in my life. You know what that feels like, huh? You know what the fuck that feels like? Not knowing what the hell is going to happen in the game? You don't think challenge yourself makes any sense? No, I mean, you know, we're really killing these teams, and I like the feeling of it. And, you know, we, we did just lose for the first time also to Mississippi State during the tournament game. Thank fucking goodness. Well, I was trying to tell you guys. You trying to impress us with all that killing you're doing, Gino, huh? You're a killer. You're a killer. I'm so fucking impressed. I can't believe what a fucking killer you are. My shoulder's got a fucking knot. Come rub it out, will you, Gino? I got a knot from sitting too long, doing meditation, thinking about the Jordan rules that the goddamn Detroit Pistons implemented when they took my title in 1989. Who's got the Epsom salts? Try to relax, Phil. Gino, you heard him. He's got a meditation knot. And now get at it. Well, I, I don't think I really, uh... Rub the fucking muscle, Gino. Now, shit, now look what the fuck happened over here. Belichick spills hot sauce on his ripped hoodie. No one moves. Not a peep. Night pipes in. Well, now this. The man spilled on his favorite sweatshirt and Phil's all knotted out. Bust through the knot, Gino, will ya? You do massage, don't you, Gino? You no, do I, I don't really do massages. Oh, no, you don't do massages? You blow out women's basketball teams by 50. That's what you do, right? You win 100 games in a row, and no one comes close to beating you, and you're happy about that. He's fucking happy about that. 
Lifetime, I'm 105, 35, and 6, fuckface. I know what it is to lose. Not much, but I know. It made me strong. <coughs> Excuse me. Bobby Knight gets up from the table and hurls a metal chair against the wall. See what the fuck I do now. The man's angry. Well, I, I mean, get my sweatshirt, Gino. You're embarrassing me. You never had to make a comeback. You ever watch the Super Bowl, Gino? It's a big game played by big men. Come on, coach. Uh, of course I have. Grab my hoodie before you give Phil a rub down. Come on, guys. I was just trying to sit down and then have a drink, talk shop. Roll me a joint and rub my toe, too. Shit hurts. Guys, don't guys us. Step up your level of competition, Gino. You're not earning. Put a Purdue in your life. Put a, a Kentucky in your world. A team that challenges you game after game, season after season. Earn it! Man needs to fucking earn, Gino. You disgust me right now, Eugene. Be a man, Gino. Step it up. You're such a winner, huh? Huh? Well, it's time to take your fucking talents elsewhere, Oriamano. It's Oriama. Oh, the fuck cares what it is. But, fellas, I, I thought we were all friends. Well, you thought wrong, fucknose. Leave the women alone, Gino. It's embarrassing for all of us. The streets are talking. All right, I'll work on it. Well, why are you guys breaking my balls? Gino, if I was breaking your balls, I'd tell you to go get your fucking shine box. One by one, the coaches slowly get up from the table, leaving Gino to contemplate his future alone. Gino hangs his head while Lombardi's soul dissipates into thin air. Phil gets up with a cane. Bobby Knight mumbles something under his breath about the Republican Party and hurries out. Popovich takes a last swig of his beer and heads for the door. And Belichick keeps scrubbing the stain from his weathered hoodie. You made it through that scene? The same way you've made it through every one of your seasons, Gino. Unscathed. But unscathed is no way to go through life, my man. If you expect your players to step up to the challenges they face every day on and off the court, then maybe you need to challenge yourself in another endeavor, Gino. And if that's not something you're willing to do, then seriously, go get your shine box. I'm kidding, Gino. I'm kidding. But take a leap of faith. The worst that could happen is you might win a few games by two points and not 50. Or maybe your team goes on a four-game losing streak. It happens to the best of them. Bouncing back is part of the process, and it doesn't feel as bad as you might think, Gino. All right, we're done. We're done. Yo, if you want to keep coming at me at the root, keep coming at me. I told you, 15 rounds rough, rugged, and raw. Yes, I do it hardcore. I want to thank our guest, Tory Smith of the Carolina Panthers, Super Bowl champion with the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for rocking with us on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. G Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. We're going to be back in primetime. Primetime podcast and coming up later on this week with Meta World Peace. I did the premiere episode like we talked about earlier. So many bangers, so many hits, so much Smash Mouth podcast, and it's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Tori Smith, thank you for rocking with the best. Congratulations on the Super Bowl. Congratulations on Greener Pastors with Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'm out.